The butterflies were beginning to form a paste. They blew across miles of motorway in white and yellow garlands, before joining the carpet of dying eyes staring back at us from the windscreen. Every so often, my father would flick the wiper, and our view of the road would become clear again, frilled by single wings whipping back and forth in the air. We'd been trapped in our hotel room under thick fever dreams, but today we could finally make our escape. Little pyramids winked and receded in the darkness behind my eyes. The butterflies were not helping. When I tried to look beyond them, all I could see was endless grey underpass and overpass, the road twisting round itself. <clears throat> I'm thirsty. My throat still ached and tickled from the sickness. There's some water rolling around in the back. I stretched out an arm and caught it. Oh, it's warm. I want a cold drink, like a Coke. I don't know where the next service station is, my father said, looking at me out the corner of his eye. On either side of us was nothing but the dark green jungle, roughly hacked back but ten feet high at its edge. Every so often, there would be a car, or several cars, and a police van. Drivers and passengers on the sides of the road opening their boots or handing over papers. We were going too fast to tell if they were being searched or just shaken down. Can I have some of that water, if you don't want it? He asked. Too late, sorry. I scrunched up the bottle and chucked it into the footwell. I could see the white bones of my father's knuckles pressing up through the tan skin of his hands. They were bald from wrist to finger, as he habitually rubbed his crossed thumbs over one another's backs. We had gone to Mexico in order for him to have an adventure, but that hadn't gone to plan. I was up to little enough at home. It was usually possible to winkle money out of someone for a couple of months' fun, but of late, I'd had less and less luck. I wound down the window, reaching in my bag for my cigarettes. You can't smoke in here. His stubble looked grey in the glaring light. The wind will whip it right out, I said. This is a rental car. There'll be a surcharge. How much is it? I replied. My father could afford almost anything when he wanted to but was impossibly stingy about trifling sums. I'm not paying for you to smoke. But how much is it? He still blamed me for insisting we eat the fried crickets. They came with a dark, chocolatey sauce and tasted like prawns with the shells left on. I didn't see the point in travelling halfway across the world to eat the same food I could find in a chain restaurant. The sickness had come upon us suddenly. We had been in the National Museum, surrounded by obsidian knives and clay statues with hungry smiles. I had looked at the Quetzal headdress given to Cortez, gleaming in the low light, stretching wider than the wingspan of the bird itself, and had felt my stomach contract into my lungs. 
I wound the window down a little further, lifting the lighter to my lips. It stinks up the car. We're nearly there. The road was straight from now until the coast, and we did not turn off for any of the signs to ruined cities my father had so eagerly circled in his guidebook. We arrived in the blue dusk, led up to the hotel by soft-lighted spheres placed in the sand. The bar was closing, and there was no food except stale nachos, but they made me a margarita to take to bed. The rooms were all wooden cabanas on stilts, each one flanked with palm trees and ringed with balconies that overlooked both the hotel grounds and the nearby ocean. My father tottered up the ladder and went straight inside to collapse. But I stayed out on the balcony drinking and swatting myself. I hadn't realized we'd be right beside the sea. I heard it murmuring and lapping like a great blind mouth. The lime juice was so sharp it made me wince with pleasure.